the college football experience Duke Blue Devils season preview on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's w y n n bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store today. What's up, everybody? This is Cameron Kroeg from Loyola Chicago Ramblers, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Shout out to the broad stop. Thank you guys. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome. Welcome to the college football experience. Duke blue Devils season preview. My name is Colby swinging database Dan, AKA pick Don D that's not a pick. This is a pick. Got to get in Ric Flair. All right. It's a must. And in studio, my co-host former JMU Duke defensive back. Give it up for the burrito eating. Sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing. Patty C in the place to be. Hi, oh. And look, I'll get you here. You want some? You want some quick? Some quick music here? Give me right? some tunes. Bring me in properly, Colby. Give me something here. I deserve here. over here. I'm, I'm, DJ I'm fucking uh, uh, Slowpoke here, over here. Here you go. What do you got? Oh, oh, there we go. Okay, it was worth the wait. Worth the fucking wait. That's right. I think that's the first hip hop you've introduced on the old pod here. Wait, you're telling me this is not hip hop? <laughs> I think that's hip hop. I'm trying to rap over this. That'd be fucking amazing. All right. Uh, okay. Third man in the booth, a Duke Blue Devil fan himself. I was just telling Patty C and Sean Stack and the Money Green and Real Money Kramer about how Nick went to see this. He went to see Alabama at Duke a few years. I mean, Mark Ingram days, so a while back. But give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking, homebrew making, tobacco road living, the free lock giving, former, former Herndon Basketball League MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. What's up? What's more, Duke Blue Devils and some Wu Tang? There you go. Hold on. I'll give you here. You want some, here you go. (laughs) I'm all over the place, man. That (laughs) That game, that game you alluded to that Alabama Duke game that I think, I think the final score was like 62 to 10 and they called off the dogs early, right? Oh yeah. And like, it was like a high school team against a college team. I mean, the Duke secondary did not want to tackle Mark Ingram. They were like running in the opposite direction. <laughs> well, <laughs> like blow the whistle, blow the whistle. But you know what's funny? That's the last time Alabama played an away game. That's hilarious. Out of conference, also. yeah. 
at a conference away game. Yeah. Was at Duke (laughs) a true, true road game. (laughs) And back then that was, it might've been cut clips first year. It was very early on in the cut clip years. So Duke was coming off like a winless season. (laughs) That's how bad they were. pre cut. I mean, yeah, they went on like a, I don't know, 1995 to 2010 or 11. So a 16 year streak without bowling. And uh, yeah, some really terrible years. What, how many, uh, four, five, zero win seasons in a 15 year stretch. Jeez. Brutal, brutal. They were like the, seriously, the worst of the worst power five team hands down. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then Dave Cutcliffe walks through and he says, and then he says, you can win if you, if you follow me and follow my footsteps. And then he lays down some great years, getting first round draft picks like Daniel Jones. Uh, what's the receiver for the Crowder? Yeah. James Crowder. Crowder, six bowl appearances in a seven year period. Then obviously the last two years have kind of narrowly missed in 2019 and then clunked out in 2020. So but I guess this guy's earned himself a little bit of a leash though, huh? He has. And that's why I'm going to cue this Dundee music. Look, cause David Cutcliffe, he was a winner at Ole Miss. He was a winner when he was an OC at Tennessee for Peyton Manning. He's getting Duke players drafted on the regular, right? Yeah. They've had a couple bad seasons, but he says this team is hungry. They're ready to turn it around. And we know the ACC coastal sends a different champion seven of the last seven years. They've had the coastal division. So why isn't it Duke's year to conquer? Why isn't it Patty C? No one sees them coming, but guess what? No one ever saw them coming when they won that. So that's why if you're a blue devil fan, I think you gotta be optimistic here. You look at this team. Yes. Only five starters back on the offensive side of the ball, but there's two ways to look at this. First off Duke, uh, Duke, Duke had 39 turnovers in 11 games. That was number one in the FBS. Ooh. Not good. That that'll go. That'll lead you to a two and minus nine season. nineteen in the turnover, uh, you know, game right there. That was one hundred twenty fifth out of one hundred twenty seven. That Chase Bryce though is gone. The quarterback for Duke last year is at App State. In uh, I'm assuming it's going to be Gunnar Holmberg, but it could be Lucas Diamond. I think they got a little battle in camp. Five starters back on the offense. The team finished ninety first in in offensive scoring. 80th overall, 72nd on the ground, 70 70th in passing. So definitely a you know, pretty Room equal attack improvement there. <laughs> but they're bringing the back Mateo Durant, their stud running back, 817 yards, eight touchdowns from a season ago. Two of the three starting receivers from a season ago are back. I like this this receiving core, maybe Jake Bobo, Jalen Calhoun and Eli Pankel. Um 3 of 5 offensive linemen are back. You got to think, okay, Maybe we got something going here now. Defensively, defensively, it's it's a bit of a mess. They were 115th in defensive scoring. Could really use a defender to make a play at some point. All right, could really use that. That's uh, yeah. I mean, I guess they played some hard games last year, but to give up that many points, 108th against the run out of 127. Mm-mm-mm. They they let Florida State drop 56 on them True. the last game of the year. Their last four games, they gave up 56, 56, 48, and 56. Mm. Ouch. 63rd against the pass, 98th overall, which pretty much means every team then figured out by midseason to just run the ball on Duke. <laughs> um, 
five starters back on defense. Only one starter back on the defensive line, Ben Fry at defensive tackle. Linebackers are are back, uh, led by Shaka Hayward. Both corners back, breaking in some new safeties. We don't know who those safeties would be. Perhaps it could be. I know they were active in the transfer portal. They brought in uh, safety Dominic Long from Michigan State. Uh, besides that, on in the transfer portal, they brought in Cody Cam- or Colby Campbell from uh, I believe Presbyterian. They brought in Carson Van Lynn from Pitt on the offensive line, um, but they also took some hits. They lost a defensive tackle to Penn State. They lost a, uh, a defensive end to Michigan State. They lost Bryce obviously to App State and uh, a, their safety Marquise Waters to Texas Tech. Nick, what do you think coming into this year? First off, we know Coach K is out. <laughs> Subscribe to the College Basketball Experience because we have a whole episode on on Coach K's uh, final season. And uh, and and what's going on in with Duke the farewell and in tour. The ACC? <laughs> yeah, so subscribe to the college basketball experience. We talk college basketball year round as well as college football. But Nick, what's your take on Cutcliffe? Is this the end of the? Is this you think is he coaching here next year? Well, I would say that you know if he leaves, it's you know because he's he because he's retiring. He's not going to get fired. He doesn't deserve to get fired. Like we mentioned before, I mean, this team, this program was the absolute worst in the power five. They were Kansas uh, back then. Yeah. They were worse than Kansas back then. I mean, winless seasons where they've come. They, I mean, they, they've come a long way. And a lot of that is due to coach cut and the university willing to pump resources into the football program. With that said, the last couple of years, things have gotten a little stagnant and it seems like, you know, just from a fan point of view that the game is kind of passing coach cut by, you know, he was kind of cutting edge with his offense when he got to Duke. And it seems like defenses now know what to expect. And he has not been able to make the necessary adjustments. Uh, You know, I mean, his offense was always a little smoke and mirrors, gimmicky, a lot of like wide receiver bubble screens. I get it when you don't have, you know, a great offensive line, when you don't have the talent as other teams, you kind of have to out position out coach teams. But lately it seems like defenses know what to expect. And I mean, last year, you know, the chase Bryce experiment did not work. He wasn't good. It wasn't all his fault though. The offensive line was atrocious. I do think we actually have pretty good running backs and pretty good receivers here. So really it all starts up front. You got to give whoever's playing quarterback some time. And then the quarterback has to make some plays and limit the turnovers. Um, if that happens, they got a chance. Well, Cutcliffe, Arch Manning, Cutcliffe, <laughs> there could be new life. He, Hey, it worked out with him with Eli at Ole Miss. Maybe he goes for Arch Manning and did Duke. he have Eli too? Yeah, he had both man. He had both man. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Wow, maybe there is a little more to that. If I mean, Arch Manning is a top recruit, like we think he is, he's not going to Duke. Uh, maybe even though as good as education Coach is yeah. with the Manning family, he's not going to Duke. <laughs> you look, you go down, you fly down to New Orleans, right? You buy him a few bourbons, buy old Arch Arch Manning or whoever his dad is. <laughs> Is it Archie Manning? No, that's his grandfather. His grandfather. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Cooper. Cooper. There yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. So you say, Cooper, hey, Cooper, Cooper, meet me at. <laughs> have you ever had one of these hurricanes, Cooper? I know you have, but here's another one. And you load that thing up, and the next thing you know, he's going to Duke. 
All right. What's the what's the famous bar down there with the hurricanes like Paddy O'Brien's or something? Is that I, what it is? That, that sounds accurate. I think so. All right. Well, I'm sure they they're very familiar with Paddy O'Brien. We we just had <laughs> Joe Theismann on uh, the the SGP feed. Uh, check out that episode with Joe Theismann. But he was saying that you know Theismann went to Notre Dame, saying that Arch Manning to Notre Dame. All right. Ooh. Saying. Can, can you can, imagine the hype on that train? Good lord! Everyone become Notre Dame haters. The entire generation that has not experienced the level of hatred that, you know, the eighties generation experience for Notre Dame will immediately understand. Uh, <laughs> oh, I hated Notre Dame. <laughs> anyone who was like, I, I, I turned into a Notre Dame fan once they started sucking and I really didn't have a feel for Notre Dame one way or another, but I was raised to hate Notre Dame. It was yeah. just like, what? You- well, our oldest brother was a big Notre Dame fan. And, uh, we, that made me automatically hate Notre Dame because you can never root for your brother's team. <laughs> That's true. Uh, those like Rick Meyer years and the Ron Palace years uh, and yeah. uh, who's that guy? J- Jarius Jackson. Was, who's the guy that said Ron Palace was going to uh, win like Bino Cook? Uh, yeah, Bino Be- Cook. Yeah. yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> um, so here we are with Duke, though. Let me, let me let me say something about what Nick Nick said. Nick's assertion that things have gotten stale. Okay, because they went five and seven, two years ago in 2019. And that included, I think you should be happy with five and seven, a three point yeah. loss against Pitt and a three point loss at North Carolina. Okay. And so they were really close to being bowling two years ago, which would have been yeah. number seven. I, I, I think if you're a Duke fan, even if you go five and seven, you're like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty darn good for Duke considering their history. Now there was a time in the thirties. I was just looking where they are a fucking juggernaut in the 1930s, but it's they're, been a while. They're actually kind of quarterback you right with uh Sonny Jurgensen. <laughs> Was he a Duke so, guy? Sonny Jurgensen. You got Anthony Dillwig was drafted. Ben <laughs> Bennett. We mentioned this yeah, on another pod. A Hall of Famer. Dave Brown right. for the Giants. Now Daniel Jones. I mean, they're putting some QBs out there. I'm probably forgetting some. I will say that 29 season, towards the end of the season, the last six games, the six games, they went one and five. In the and within those games, yeah, you tw- saw 2019, not 29. Oh yeah, 2019. Sorry, uh, they lost what 48-14 to UVA, 38-7 to Notre Dame, 49 to six to a bad Syracuse team. <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe the wheels fell off, uh, you know, late uh, two years ago, and, and it's continued since. Although exactly. maybe he's just not a very good late year coach because I was just looking at the stats through the first seven games of last year, they only gave up 29 points per game, which is pretty respectable. But the last four games, they gave up 54 points per game, and it wasn't like they the schedule changed and they started playing world beaters in those 54 point uh, or the, in that stretch, there was Georgia tech, Miami and Florida state. You know, I guess Miami is decent offensively with Georgia tech and Florida state <laughs> yeah. fucking atrocious. Yeah. Just getting housed by terrible teams. Uh, and that's my concern. It seemed like the team quit on them. You know, it, even, you know, they started off last year. zero and four, but if you watch that Duke at Notre Dame at Notre Dame game week one, you're like, you know, Duke was hanging. They lost by 14, but they were, they were hanging in there. They yeah. were, they were playing, they were competitive. You're like, okay, you know, yeah, you're not going to beat Notre Dame in South Bend, but this could still be a pretty good season. Oh, that was a good look and, for sure. Yeah. And then the wheels just completely fell off. I mean, like you, you mentioned like, you know, Georgia tech wins 56 to 33 Georgia tech put up 56. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really bad. That's really bad. Um, starting a freshman quarterback. Yeah. Might I add. So uh, so look, Vegas is saying the win total here, three and a half, three and a half. Look, I'll be honest, like in the coastal. Okay. We have had seven different championships in seven years or s- champions of the coastal. So obviously we know North Carolina's upped their recruiting 
you could probably say Miami is probably still on pace with what they were doing 10 years ago, right? Or seven years ago. Yeah. I feel like maybe a little bit better. They're probably probably around the same. But everyone else, if anything, Virginia Tech's gone. They've they've fallen they've off. Fallen off considerably. Uh, Georgia Tech's gotten a little bit better, but at the same time, my point is, is has has much changed in the coastal from five years ago? Uh no, not really. I mean, Carolina's come up under uh, Mac Brown a little bit from a recruiting standpoint, but but now- but my point is, is that maybe, I mean, maybe they have a shot because it's the come coastal. On. Well, let let me tell you, you know, this. Go go ahead, Nick. Sorry. I was just going to say like, yeah, I think Duke is happy if they get to 500 this year, not win the coastal, just if you look at what players coming back experience returning, you know, Duke is probably one of the least experienced teams coming back, uh, Uh, doing all these previews here, you you know, the only three offensive linemen, one defensive line. Yeah. But that could be a good thing. If your defensive line was trash last year, which it was. Yeah, but there's no guarantee that players coming are, are going to be better. I, I don't know why you would think that they were probably reserves last year. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you know one or two transfers coming in, but there's just way too many question marks to even consider a coastal crown right now. Well, and I'm a Duke fan. I, I'm a look, realist. I get that, but I still think to me every coastal game when I analyze it, maybe short of Duke Carolina, is like a 50-50 game. Duke's had like they play Virginia Tech very well. So to me, could they beat, could Duke beat uh, Georgia tech? Yes. Could they beat Virginia tech? The yes, the Cutcliffe has shown that could they beat UVA? Now I feel like UVA has kind of got their number, but I still, I could see it being a close game. Yeah. Yeah. So on an individual game basis, I agree, but just in order to string enough wins in a row to even entertain winning the coastal, I do not agree. Okay. Well, let's go through the schedule. Well, I want to yeah. chime in real quick recruiting wise. I mean, from a ranking standpoint, nationally and uh, within the conference, it tells kind of two different stories. Uh, nationally, dating back to 2017, 47, 63, 49, 63, and 57. So, kind of hovering in that mid 50s range on average, um, which is respectable. You yeah. would expect a uh, you know uh, an, an average team and especially a Power Five team to beat up on some lower level teams, be able to crank out bowls. And so that, that's kind of what he's done. But uh, in that within the ACC, their ranks uh, during that time frame eight, twelve, eight, thirteen, and thirteen. So they are like one of the least talented teams in the ACC. That said, I don't think the gap is huge. I think the teams in the ACC that are above them are just above them recruiting wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's always going to be a challenge to recruit to Duke. I mean, a there are some academic restrictions, even if you can bend those rules a little bit. I mean, like Duke football is Duke football. You know, they're not going to pack the stands if you. It, if, if there's a big game at Duke, half of the, the crowd is for the other team, you know, so they're never going to have top half of the ACC recruiting, which means the coach has to do more with less basically. Yeah. Yeah. Now uh, let's get to the schedule because I'm going to make a couple different points here. They open up at Charlotte Friday night, uh, week one nationally televised game. Me and Patty C just previewed Charlotte. That episode's the most recent episode out. So go check that out. Um, this is one where I, I told him, man, I, I could Charlotte could have a special season if they could win this game, but Cutcliffe normally takes care of these mid majors. That's well, they beat Charlotte 53, 19 a season ago. Granted that, Charlotte was decimated by COVID. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like they had a ton of players out, but I mean, let them win this. I would favor Duke in this just because Cutcliffe traditionally go through the years. 
They beat an army. They 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 normally just handle business, whether it's North Carolina Central, North Carolina A and T, whether it's Baylor or Northwestern, which they did in eighteen. They took out. Um, I, I got to give it to Duke blindly. I mean, a Duke by three, 27, 24. What are you guys going? Uh, I mean, you make a good point. I mean, what, what they've done against uh non-power five, yeah, top middle gonna, Tennessee. He always takes care of, I'm going to rattle yeah. off these scores for the last few non-power five uh, opponents. They have 34, 14 against army 55, 13 against uh, NC central uh, shit. Baylor and Northwestern uh, at a conference. At North Carolina A and T forty five thirteen. Middle Tennessee State forty one eighteen. So you're right. Uh, and then last year, like you said, Charlotte fifty three nineteen. They kill group of five teams pretty yeah. much. So I think we gotta favor them to win that game. Yeah. Even though I like what, what Healy's doing at Charlotte. Then week two, you know, it, it's a shame we don't have Terrell Furman on this episode because he's a North Carolina A and T graduate, and I know we we are gonna get to uh, previewing them at some point as one of our SCS teams. They're a really good FCS team. And for some reason, Duke kind of handles them when they play them. I mean, whether it's central or whether it's a and T you got to favor Duke here, despite the a and T being a really good FCS. Of course. So of two course. and oh, and, and, and no disrespect to, to Terrell, but he's also a UNC fan. So oh. <laughs> I don't know if we need him on this pod. <laughs> uh, so two and zero out the gates here for for Cutcliffe. I, I'm let me build the case on what could be a special season. Week three, <laughs> they're hosting Northwestern. Patty C. The last time they played Northwestern, Saturday, September eighth of two thousand eighteen. That was in Evanston, Illinois, and that was a Northwestern team that won nine games. Duke won twenty one to seven. Slapped them. Duke plays them well. They play them well. I really can't emphasize that enough. That I, they're similar teams. Look, they played in seventeen in Durham. Duke beat them forty-one to seventeen. Wow, really? Yeah. So the last two times they played, Duke yeah. has kind of dominated. They them. play them well. I'm telling you, you can build this case, and this is in Durham. What do you think that is? Do you think Cutcliffe is just like way ahead of uh, Fitzgerald in terms of X's and O's? Maybe familiarity, like maybe they he had never gone up against Cut and was just like, damn, this dude. And then, but two years in a row, so I have no idea. Maybe there's certain defensive coordinators that he just handles, like dudes that are dependent, like because he would give Foster trouble. He know? would give and, Bud and Foster trouble. Those yeah. are both of the two of the best coor- uh, coordinators in the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I know we're going to favor Northwestern because they represented the Big Ten West and have done so two of the past three years. But but I think this is a very close game. I I could see I could totally see Duke winning this game. Northwestern's pretty young coming into this season too. They lost a lot from last year. They lost more than Duke. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, all the things we're saying right now make it p- seem possible, but I'm still betting on Northwestern. I, I'm taking Northwestern too, but I'm still saying like, I don't. I would not be shocked if Saturday, se- September 18th, they Duke's three and zero. Right. Based on all of that information, I wouldn't be shocked either. If I didn't know that information, I would be shocked. Yeah. I, I I am shocked that, that those are the last two games between those. They've two owned teams. them, and that's relatively recently. Yeah. And let's face it. Northwestern plays a brand of football where they're always ripe for an upset because they're not going to wow you with talent or put up 50 on the scoreboard. Well, that's why they lost to a four and eight Akron team with, with the Bowden, Terry Bowden. That's why they lost to PJ flex, Western Michigan team. They lost to Illinois state of the FCS one year. Um, So Duke, let's should we, should we have some fun with this and put them at three and oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Let's let's just let's just because look at the fourth game is Lance Leopold in Kansas coming all the way to Durham 
Look, I love Leopold, but they're the, by week four. I'm not sure the ball is going to be rolling. Kansas is one of the worst teams in the country. That's what I'm too. saying. That's yeah. a very winnable game. So you can make a case that Duke could start out four and zero. Oh. The <laughs> win total, guys, is three and a half. You could be, you could be up if all they have to do is upset Northwestern, and you could already be cashing your fucking ticket. That's <laughs> that is definitely a best case scenario. Chances are they're probably walking away from the out of conference at two and two or potentially three and one. I, I think, think two and two favored is uh, by pessimistic. Three. I yeah. think they'll be favored in three of them. Yeah, exactly. Three I think they'll one. be, well, I don't know. Are they favored against Kansas? Yeah, they should be. Yeah, Kansas we'll see how the first last few weeks shake out. Yeah, we will. Okay. But I, I, you see, my point is like, you could cash your ticket and you're still in September. Yeah. Either I, way. Yeah. Right. And the rest of the schedule, there's no like unbeatable teams on there at you're all. At, you're at North Carolina, October second. We know UNC is way more talented, but it's a rivalry game. Obviously, we're going to take UNC here. Yeah. Uh, sorry, UNC, UNC Nick. laid a clunker yeah. against UVA last year. Yeah, UNC almost lost a Wake. Yeah. Their defense, if their defense isn't fixed, this game could be shootout. And they're yeah. losing some of their uh, biggest weapons. Uh, UNC is. Yeah, both their backs, both their wideouts, Surratt. Um, but they have been recruiting at such a good yeah, level. You, you got to think favor. they're going to roll Duke, yeah, right? Exactly. All right. Well, let's just say f- you could be four and oh and four or four and one there. Yeah. If you're four and oh, you've already cashed your ticket. So let's say they're three and three and two. Okay. Right. Uh, you're home to Georgia tech. This is a winnable game. This very is a very so. winnable game. Nick, for what sure. do you think of this? For sure. One? Yeah, for sure. 50, 50. Then you're at Virginia. I, I, I think that's a winnable game. I, I like. I would favor Virginia by yeah. four. Certainly not five. Yeah, Virginia has been whipping up on Duke recently, Men but it's yeah. not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, okay. So let's just say. I mean, I think they could beat Georgia Tech. You're telling me they play tomorrow? I have no idea who wins that game. Well, Georgia Tech whooped them pretty good last year, but that was in Atlanta. Sure. I'd say it's a fifty-fifty game. Okay. Uh, after Virginia, now they do, yeah, uh, they get a bye quick. week. That yeah. is really curious. Cause I, I wonder what uh, Fitzgerald does defensively. He seems to me like he would be like a, a, you know, not super exotic, like kind of like, you know, basic and like control the line of scrimmage and just play tough, honest defense. Whereas Foster is almost the opposite where he's like dial it up, you know, but he, he plays honest defense and the foster's gone obviously, but th- going back to what he did, Mendenhall though, I mean, he's a, he's a defensive mind. I forget what defense he kind of like pioneered. Um, so I'm going to have to dig into it, but it is just weird that certain de- good defensive coaches like cliff owns. And then other ones, like Nick said, he they've been dominated by UVA. So, well, look, they get they're at UVA and they're back to back away. No, not the case. Cause they get a buy. Then they're at uh wake forest, which I mean, I would favor wake, but it wouldn't shock me if Duke won that game. Agreed. Yep. Then they're home to Pitt, and for some reason, I know you'll you'll say this, Nick. They always play Pitt good. Oh, there these games are always crazy. These games like go into overtime usually, and they're always wild. So, I mean, I, I'd favor Pitt by a little bit, maybe, maybe sixty forty. Uh, but again, it, I mean, look, it's the coastal; <laughs> it's winnable. That's what I'm saying. At Virginia Tech, after that, the last time they played at Lane, they won forty five to ten. <laughs> I mean, that was two years ago. That was 19. That's not that long ago. Last year they lost by seven to Virginia tech. So this could easily be a game then, especially that's that late in the year. And if Fuente's failing and that team checks out on him, cause they know he's going to be fired. That could be a winnable game. 
Then you're home to Louisville and home to Miami, dude. This team is hitting the over. And Thursday nighter for Louisville, so kind of get a. Uh, there, get them I, on a short I week. actually want to say like, there's a they have a decent shot to go bowling. Yeah, I, I could completely have. see them at seven and five or six and six. What do you think, NC Nick? Oh, I'm on the over. Yeah, sitting at three and a half. Uh, like I said, if they win, if they go two and two in conference, you just need two, two AC or out of conference, you just need two ACC wins. If they go three and one, then you just need one more win. And you know, they don't get Clemson from the Atlantic. They draw wake in Louisville, they, they favorable draw. They don't have back to back away. No back to back yeah. aways. Yeah. I mean, even with everything that Duke lost and with how bad they looked last year, I'm giving coach cut the benefit of the doubt one more time. I'm not saying they're going to go bowling, but I do think they hit the over and win at least four or five games. There we go. You heard it here first. All right, guys, if you're a first time listener to the college football experience, make sure you subscribe, subscribe. We are previewing all 130 teams. So Charlotte 49ers preview is already out. If you're a Duke fan now, Kansas is coming Northwestern Georgia tech, all that stuff's coming all 130 teams. So check it out and make sure you subscribe to the college basketball experience as well. Me, Patty C NC, Nick, we handicap every single division, one college football and college basketball game. We give you all those picks for free on a spreadsheet, actually on the SGPN app. So download the SGPN app at the Google play store or iTunes, whatever. Um, and look, me, Patty, CNC, Nick have been over 500 each and every season, picking every game. We've also been way over 500 on our locks. So uh, get download that SGPN app and, and check out our picks. Tell a friend. All right. Uh, look, we don't charge for picks. We won't charge for picks. The only thing I'm trying to charge you for is your kindness. Get over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Say some nice things about us. And if you do take a screenshot, tag me at the Colby D on Twitter, and we'll send you a college experience t-shirt. How about that? Uh, at the Colby D. Give me a follow as well. Patty C's on Twitter at Patty C831. NC Nick's on Twitter at NC underscore N I C K. And the Sports Gambling Podcast is on Twitter at the SGP Network. Check out that Slack channel for Sports Gambling Podcast as well. All right. This is the college football experience, Duke Blue Dever style. You better start thinking about yours. And we out.